Hello and welcome to Movie Buffs, a show that covers the best action films of all time. I'm your host, Shani B. You can find me on all the socials at Shani B Movies. And I'm your host, Cisco, aka Misfit Minded. You can find me on Twitter at Rampage underscore Misfit and at my movie pages at Misfit underscore Minded on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, obviously this is about to be such a great day for us. So before we get too deep in, uh, did you see anything good this week? I, I see something on your list that I love. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't seen anything new. I haven't been able to like, really, I wanted to see Thor four, but, uh, I haven't been able to go to the movies. So I just, I watched Copland cause it was on HBO max and I was looking for something to watch. Uh, so good. Yeah, Ray Liotta, rest in peace. Stallone. Everybody's in that movie, so yeah, it just seemed like a good a good time to to revisit. And yeah, it's like an underrated, um, like cop movie, uh, thriller, I guess you could say. Totally with Stallone. Yeah, Robert Patrick, De Niro, Harvey Keitel. It's got everybody in it. It's it's like like and it was funny because like most of them are on the Sopranos too. So it's like it's just like I was like, oh yeah, he's from the Sopranos and he's from the Sopranos and he's from this and she's from the Sopranos. Such <laughs> like a good it just, group. Like, never, it just never uh never ended. But um yeah, it's it's a it's a good one. It's it's it still holds up. I would say maybe like a little too long. Um, but uh yeah, Michael Rappaport, all the nineties, all the nineties guys and gals, yeah. <laughs> awesome awesome yeah it's i love that movie it is of the time when they used to make movies about cops that were like such pieces of shit and i really appreciate those movies because you know not every cop is an asshole just like not every cop is a great cop so i like when there are a couple of balancing films that really show you like particularly some of the stuff leota does is is heartbreaking so i like the i love that story i like that movie but it, I agree. It, it is a little intense and long, um, but otherwise it definitely still holds up. Yeah. And he does have like a kind of a redemption arc towards the end where, uh, you know, he does still help out Stallone, you know, when he, you know, the scene earlier, he was like, I don't give a shit about this town. I don't give a <laughs> shit about that town. He's, you think he's yes. just going to leave. Uh, but uh, no, he, he has a change of heart. And uh, yeah, I wish Stallone kind of did more movies like that, to be honest, because, you know, instead of just doing the straight action route, but it's I don't true. think that movie did. I don't think that movie did well. So maybe that's why he was like, I'm just going to stick with what I know is going to, you know, people are going to go see, <laughs> which sucks. But, Very true. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. He's getting old. He's getting up there. Like, I feel like now's the time if you're going to do more dramatic stuff. Stallone like he, he's good he's really good in it like he's you know this there's the scene with him and the I, I can't remember the actress's name you know what he's like yeah, who she's is like, the why, girl why? she's from the Sopranos though I know yeah but uh I can't think of her name either she's like why did you never uh marry or something he's like all the good girls were taken I was like oh yeah just heartbreaking because yeah, it's, it's a proper he saved movie life yeah, it's real, real, but like, yeah, real dramatic stuff that you don't really see Stallone flexing those muscles ever. So I appreciated it. Yeah. 
Same. Yeah, same. Uh, so I I agree. I feel like Stallone, this was his one chance to maybe be do some dramatic work. And I appreciate that he tried and hopefully he still will. But I really had to see if you'd seen Elvis and what you thought about it. It was such an interesting movie to me in a lot of different ways. Have you checked it out yet? I, I haven't seen it. No, I haven't seen it. Okay. What did you, what did okay. you, what did you, I, it, it's been very split down the middle e- either way from people I know. So I, mm-hmm. I'm interested to hear what you thought of it. Yes, I really liked it. I th- I love everything Baz Luhrmann does. I feel like I get to go to an art museum every time I see one of his movies, which I really appreciate. And it was so interesting to see him take what he does and apply it to a biopic, particularly finding a way to fit in an entire person's life. I think that was the most impressive thing to me is in some ways it was a lot like Rocky four, you know, one long montage, but also so smart about how like the breakdowns where there would be these dramatic moments were just as much time as they needed to be not indulgent. And if anything, it was like the production of it all that was the indulgent piece. And I don't mind that either. So I really liked it. I thought it was a really interesting way to try to reinvent a biopic so that we might actually watch them again. But I I am curious what you thought, because I agree, I've been hearing a lot of divisive things from people. And I guess I just want to understand more, like what people are so mad about if they didn't like it. <laughs> you know, probably because like, there's like a very standard biopic formula that like they're used to and I'm sure like you know like I said I haven't seen it but I'm sure that it kind of tries to break from that and whenever that happens people kind of like reject it like this isn't what I wanted or expected and uh don't know how to feel about it so maybe that's what the thing is um how's Tom Hanks in it that's like the one part I'm curious about it as the colonel or but like yeah how's <laughs> <laughs> he was crazy. He was straight up. He is wild in this movie, but good. I think that's actually what I why I like this as a reinvention of a biopic because it is still bringing a lot of the traditional pieces like the heavy prosthetics and the sweeping filmmaking and production design. It just seeks to turn those to evolve those things. And I like that Tom Hanks is here because I feel like he grounds it just as appropriately as Austin Butler does, but they're both also larger than life. So he was really great. And so was Austin Butler. I feel like they should each be hopefully nominated respectively. And I think Baz Luhrmann too. He, he's just such an amazing filmmaker and he is not like anyone else. You know, maybe Edgar Wright is as close as I can come, but there just really isn't anyone like Baz. So I'm I'll ride, I'll ride hard. (laughs) All right. I have to, like, I, I wanted to see it. I'm not a huge Baz Luhrmann fan, if I'm being honest. Um, it's just, you know, I'm not, I already told you, like, I'm, I'm not like big on musicals and stuff. And that seems to be like his, you know, forte. So, uh, but I, yeah, but I, I'll probably check it out when it like comes to streaming or, or whatever, uh, when it comes out on Redbox, something like that, I'll probably, I'll probably rent it. It's, it's fun. It, it's an interesting thing, at least to see once, but I am, I'm excited to, to hear your take on it whenever you get the chance. I'll, I'll definitely you'll be the first to know for sure and then i want to know so i do like talking about rewatching movies too because that's what this whole show is about so how did your rewatch go of the northman 
Oh my God, it went so well. I still love The Northman. It's just so good. And I feel like I have come to this idea that- It's one of my favorite movies from this year. Yes. It just made me look into the future and think that like in 10 years from now, people are going to look at this film and be like, oh my God, Robert Eggers is the most amazing filmmaker. Because I just feel like your flagship piece can't just be a genre unless that genre is drama. So even though The Mm -hmm. Witch is like the best movie ever and I will stand it forever, it shouldn't be his marker because it's not in the field that's even wider and as respectable as drama. But this movie, every like the first time I watched it and rewatching it, it just made me think of like Braveheart and all of the other great war movies. And I feel like this film stands with those. So it was amazing to rewatch. Still beautiful as ever. Clutch as ever badass as ever so do yourself a favor and also rewatch it and gladiator uh that's what it reminded me of a lot too. yes um, yes totally just like i feel like it it does a good job too of like kind of like the green knight did that was another one i've seen people comparing it to of like there's elements of like fantasy and uh you know it's super violent like almost horror in some parts of it and so it's like very hard to pin down like all of his movies are which i like but i can understand like my uncle you know told me he watched it and how he didn't vibe with it because of all because of that again that experimentation that the average moviegoer doesn't necessarily they're not accustomed to they don't really like what was that like you know he was like they're barking like dogs i'm like that's that's to me that was amazing that was like (laughs) exactly like that's yeah, that was awesome. Like he's more animal than human and he has to yep. through his romance with Anya Taylor-Joy, which I thought was really well done, uh I become love it. human, find his heart and uh yeah, and then the ending in the volcano. I mean, can't be <laughs> two dudes naked amongst lava with swords. It's it's a kind of epic that I can't imagine could be repeated. And that, again, like really makes me feel like in the future, we'll look back and this will be the tentpole where everybody will still go back and mm. watch The Witch and The Lighthouse and they'll think they're great. But it's like how in Scorsese and Spielberg and De Palma, all the greats, they made a couple movies before the one everyone always remembers them for. And I just feel like the Northman really could be that for Eggers, just low key. All of them could, but I feel like it's the Northman. Yeah, I think it's my favorite of his movies too. I think I said that when I first saw it on here too, and I'm definitely going to buy it when it, uh, I don't, it's probably out already, but yeah, I'll probably buy it. I can't wait to watch the making. Yeah, exactly. Like just some some of the shots and the, you know, the long takes, uh, all the stuff with like Willem Dafoe. <laughs> like, I just want to know like what that was like, like what. I love that he is always there with Eggers, like him and Anya Taylor-Joy are just like, oh, what are you making right now? If I'm available, I'll be there. Exactly. Yeah. And we, we, I was, I was on a stereo talk last night actually. And we were talking about just how Anya Taylor joy is just every time she shows up, just killing it <laughs> every time. She's so good, dude. She's so fucking good. I can't wait for Amsterdam. She, I can't wait for her whole career. Even in like movies I don't necessarily like, like, uh, what was last night in Soho? Uh, you know, right. she's awesome in it. 
the new mutants she's probably like one of the best parts of that movie like yeah she's never bad even if a movie is exactly uh yeah she's the best yeah, I don't love the age difference of her and Skarsgård, but I can definitely make space for it because I just need her to be there. So I'll allow it. But historically, that's not inaccurate, though, either. That's a good point. <laughs> that's a very good point. Yeah. And I, I have heard that, like, this is, like, one of the most accurate Vikings movies, too, which, like, uh, is another part, Pretty which, sick. like, you know, I don't know anything about Viking history, but, like... To see that, like, I already know that when you go see a Robert Eggers movie that you're going to get it so much research, so meticulous, even stuff that you don't notice is going to be like accurate, you know? So, yeah, I love that about it, too. Same, same. Yeah, it's for us for sure. But the filmmaking of this movie, too, is just so high caliber, like everything he has done so far and like all the things I can't I cannot wait to watch. So. Yeah, from one great movie to another. If he, if he doesn't... <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, if he doesn't get the chance to make like a huge, you know, uh, movie, like movie that opens in theaters like this again, I'm just glad he got to do this one. Like, you know what I mean? And burn that money <laughs> making making kind of a mainstream movie, but still doing mm-hmm. his own thing with it. You know, like that's I'm always going to respect that um, more than anything, so... Yeah, Yeah, totally. And I feel like he will get more wide releases because while this is a unique situation, I think he do- he is building a following. He has yeah. loyal subscribers, if you will. So I think he'll be able, I think he'll get another shot and I think he'll get better and better because he just seems to do that, even though he started at such a high place. I, I love him so much. I can't wait for whatever it is he's doing next. Oh, same, same. Um, I also can't wait to talk about this movie that we're going to talk about today because it's it's an all timer. It just had its thirty sixth anniversary. That's uh, right. This year. Yeah, it wasn't so, on on an even, so it was. It's a little awkward, but it did come out in theaters this day. Today is when we could have gotten our tickets ago. and seen it in theaters. And mm-hmm. uh, doing it to get ready for Nope, the new Jordan Peele movie, which comes out this Friday. Fuck yes! Uh, excited for. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, you want to get into it? Let's do this. Let's do this today. As we've alluded to, we are talking about the 1986 masterpiece sequel by James Cameron, Aliens. Um, if you haven't seen it, I don't. You've definitely seen it, so you know what I'm about to say. But it picks up with Ripley awakening from hypersleep 57 years after surviving the original xenomorph, and she tries to warn the company, but of course they are terraforming on this planet, caution to the wind, and when the colony goes radio silent, Ripley joins a special ops military uh, plan to go back and see what happened. So... Like you also mentioned, I know this is an all time, but tell me more. Tell me more about how you feel about this movie. What is what do you love? Uh, yeah, um, I, I love this movie. Uh, I think it's like one of the best sequels ever made. Um, James Cameron, if there's one thing that you can say about him, it's that the man knows how to make a great sequel. <laughs> uh, two of the greatest sequels ever, Terminator 2 and Aliens made by this person 
Also, Piranha <laughs> 2. He did the sequel to Piranha, and it is better than the original. Like, it, I really? can't believe it. But yeah, he's like, it's a, he's actually respected for it because it's like the he's like one of the first people to make a sequel so good that wasn't the original filmmaker. Wow. I mean, I did know he did Piranha 2. I have not seen it, though. I didn't know people think it's, you know, better than the original. But uh, nor did I. I was not expecting to like it, but it was good. That was that was one fact that uh, I, I do remember telling that to one of my film teachers and he didn't believe me. I was like, yeah, you know, James Cameron did Piranha 2. And he was like, did he really? And I was like, yeah, yeah. he absolutely did. <laughs> that was I think that was like his first movie. It's um, awesome too. Yeah. Like it is awesome. It is worth going back and watching. <laughs> I'm gonna put it on the list. Yeah, I'm gonna put it on the list because, uh, yeah, definitely. I, that's just so funny though when <laughs> the sequels you don't talk about in James Cameron. And I'm sure when Avatar two comes out this year, if it comes out, mm-hmm. we'll, might you know, we'll probably blow the first one out of the water. Uh, you know, like I said, we, knowing James we can Cameron, only hope. So. Yeah, but uh, yes. yeah, this thing's awesome. I mean, it's more of an action film than a sci-fi. And, you know, I've always preferred this one more than the first one. But uh, I understand, like, people that, you know, might like the first one better. And it, they're two different paces, two different types of films. Like, if you like more horror, definitely the first one is better in that regard. But I just love the the video game-like you know, action ride totally. that this movie is. You know what I mean? Like just from start yes. to finish, using the you know the the cameras that are on all of the soldiers to kind of give you that visceral feel, um, yep. and all that moments like the 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 movement, like sa- the things that they have on their guns that like always come into play when the aliens are around, like that yes. right there. Those type of those type of decisions kind of make. Uh, the horror, you know, come come alive. I feel like, um, and so yeah, and and then the, the xenomorphs are just like way crazier in this one. Amazing. There's so many more of them. They're way harder to kill. <laughs> or like, I guess they're easier to kill because there's more of them. But like, yeah, it's just, it's just more difficult in general the task at hand because there there's there are so many more of them, and like you you see the blood constantly being a factor when they kill them and. Yep. You know, I, I love, you know, uh, Sigourney Weaver having this kind of like mother daughter uh, relationship in totally. here that comes into play with the uh, the mother queen xenomorph. Um, yeah. There's kind of like a dua- duality there. And then, of course, the corporation of Waylon Yutani just being the absolute worst. Uh- <laughs> Always. Oh, don't let that fool and- you. I'm actually a really nice guy. Yeah. Oh my God. No, it's just from the opening. I'm just like, man, this guy, one of the, in the, in the eighties, there was a lot of like characters that you hate, but man, Burke in aliens is just one of the slimiest motherfuckers. I still don't think like his death was, was uh, a terrible enough. Right. For like what, what he was doing in this movie. Um, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, but yeah, what about you? What about you? What do you think about this movie? I love this movie. It to me it is a literal masterpiece. Like he like you mentioned, he is the king of sequels because he follows the rules of sequels and also then adds a level of auteur sophistication and creativity which is just so surprising. It's it 
it, it makes him so unique as a director for sure. And I often think that like Michael Bay is informed by this, but just not as sophisticated because there's something so amazing about his ability to push things to extremes, but, but, just managed to sort of keep them in the line of of grounded, you know. Like we'll talk Bill Paxton soon enough, but for the most the part, human this yes, yeah. yes, this movie can be full of action and also have like really good grounding with the storytelling, you know. Like it, I love how this one is in charge of expanding the Alien franchise and the universe around it because it has the most authenticity to again like a kind of future I would want to live in. When we were talking Minority Report last time, we talked about how Spielberg was really good at creating dystopian futures that seemed like they could be real and like maybe we would be more interested in the optimism of. And this film really reminds me of that because that's sort of what's going on between Ripley and Newt. That's kind of what's going on with the company really moving in here and not giving a shit about anyone. (laughs) Like just so smart about this story and what it's going to do for the bigger story overall. It, I, everything about this movie is so fucking great and so well thought out. The music, the production design, you mentioned the xenomorphs. They're, they're so much more lifelike in this one too. And yeah, I just, this is a perfect sequel. This is a perfect sequel and it should be a standard. All sequels look to do if they're in this genre, just like every sequel better take notice of Maverick. Exactly. Yeah. Just like Maverick. And yeah, the production design. I mean, the first one was groundbreaking, the production design. And I I think that this one kind of just takes that too. And, uh, you know, it owes a lot to the first Next one. Level. But like just the guns and stuff in here where it's like counting down the bullets. Like I love that stuff. And like how it's the grenades. And then she kind of makes her yeah. own like makeshift flamethrower gun at mm-hmm. the end with the with the duct tape it's like stuff that's familiar to us like yeah so like gamified. Duct tape. it's not futuristic duct tape it's just duct tape they're still smoking yep. cigarettes and cigars <laughs> like yes they're uh the cups look like kind of petri dishes you know they're like really small mm-hmm. and circular but like we know it's a cup we know that yep. they're, they're still drinking from it and they're still drinking coffee you know there's like stuff that it's like just enough to be like, this is what the Translatable. future would be like. Yeah. But also like, yeah, they're still doing stuff that we still do today. Um, it's not like foreign. It's not like stuff we can't recognize or see ourselves in. And even like just the fact totally. that they're like Marines, they're Marines and they're acting like, you know, this macho kind of uh, culture machismo that's in the Marines is still there as well, even in the future. <laughs> of course, of course, so, as, as yeah. it would. Yeah, like there is a consistency about what all of this stuff would look like and what it ends up representing. And that's what, what I love about it. But this time around, really trying to be smart about where are the where are some things that haven't aged so well or where do I think I might have made a different choice? The questions and plot holes part was pretty fun for me this time around. What were what were your what were some of your hang ups in, in this movie? Um, I think the biggest one for me, and like I said, it's just because like I hate Burke so much. It's like, why don't they just kill that guy? As soon as they know he was going to kill a kid, he was going to he was going to let an alien impregnate Ripley and the kid just so he could bring it Seriously. back and make millions. He was in in like so at that point, it's like not only is he endangering, and then and then too, like the, she said too that he would have to like uh uh you know 
take kill out everybody. Some of the, yeah, kill mm-hmm. everybody basically um, to get away with it. At that point, what's the use of keeping this guy around? Like, really? What? Seriously, I don't <laughs> and, and know. I, know. I get. I get like Ripley says like, no, we have to take, she says, we have to bring him in. And I'm like, do you, <laughs> like, do you really? Yeah, where, I mean, th- that, that is one of mine. Like Ripley's decision-making in this one is slightly questionable. I will right. say. <laughs> it's like, that seems like to me the easiest cover up. You just say the aliens got him, And I feel like all the army guys would be like, yep, the alien, that's what happened. Easy. <laughs> I don't see. I don't see why. Uh, I, I guess you know, like the the daughter, the new new characters there. Maybe she wasn't trying to like act that way in front of Newt, but uh, yeah, it's I like guess. immediately after that, the xenomorphs close in on them and kill pretty much everyone. Um, and in a large part due to Burke like fucking them over once again, locking the doors. Yep. So it just makes me mad every time. Like fuck, man, they should have just killed him when he had the chance. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Uh, Definitely questionable in terms of what his play is here, other than to remind us that Wayland Corp representatives are always pieces of shit. Always. Yeah. (laughs) Just like Hudson said, though, Hudson was like, let's waste this fool right now. Like, I'm like, exactly. Yep. Yep. Uh, You got to listen sometimes to those meathead characters. But I agree, you know, just like how the the criminal investigation piece of this when they're trying to talk shit to Ripley makes no sense. Mm. Like this was 57 years ago. What are you doing? Just let it go. You've lived a whole life. Otherwise, you guys, it makes makes no sense. Just like I feel like the terraforming colony, like not having found the ship that Ripley and her crew discovered for 20 years is kind of funny, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and <laughs> the only thing I can say that of that makes sense of the Ripley thing that has held up, sadly, is that people mm. just don't believe women. Uh, that's a good point. Patriarchal. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what that's to me. That's what I was getting out of it, where it's like. Oh, you say all this stuff happened to you. Uh, sure, sure. Uh, we're still going to yeah, go right. check it out. It's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I guess is, like. It's depressing, but like it is like at every turn. Yes. Like even, you know, Burke, it's like they just completely gaslight her and ignore all the stuff, even though she's lived through it. Like even and even like the, you know, there's some girls in that boardroom meeting, too. Like, you know, but she's yeah. like, you know, uh they're like your decision making is compromised, you know. Yeah, or something. But yeah, they're like they're not not uh, not of this planet. And she's like, yeah, I just told you they're not of this planet. The ship was there that they came. <laughs> like what? She's, she's like, am I taking crazy pills here? Like I told you guys everything that happened. Like how many times do I have to tell you? And it's so that part sadly has aged. Not, That's not a good well, point. but it's. It's still, yeah. It's important that it's there. Yeah, I I would say, I think I appreciate that perspective because it is important that it's there so that we don't forget that that is a challenge women have faced, you know, just overall. But I do agree that there is something to how uh, uh, James Cameron does such a good job of also positioning really badass women in his sequel work. Sarah Connor. Just like... Yeah, just like Spielberg, he also is out here for these strong-ass single-mother type ladies that kick ass, that have to prove to people what happened to them or what they're dealing with. And so there is something pretty cool just about that being just about that being something he's interested in highlighting and putting in the center of his stories. 
No, yeah, hundred percent. Like, I would say, yeah, Sarah Connor and uh, Ripley are like two of the just best female best. characters in all of like sci-fi and horror, mm-hmm. whatever you want to classify it as. Um, it's and, true. And, and yeah, and so I think the only other thing I had, other than like, yeah, nobody believing Ripley, is just like it seems like they spend a lot of time trying to like seal the doors like behind <laughs> them, like, yeah, and it's like. At a certain point, like the aliens were busting through the doors, like even when they were sealed. And I was like, wouldn't it just be easier to just fucking run, like run as fast as you can in the opposite direction? Like, it seems like they spend way too much time trying to seal these doors that like it maybe buys them like an extra like 30 seconds. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's Uh, what I was thinking, too, was if you're slowing the alien down doing this thing, you're you're also slowing yourselves down to do it. Like there is no plan. And this is a military team. So I when they were all uh, first getting to the planet and they were being like, it's a bug hunt, man. Like that made me think, (laughs) oh, there are protocols like Yeah. yeah, there are other aliens that they now know about in this world. And so they have protocols for however they're they go do this thing. So I did I was thinking, like, what are what is the protocol that these what are these military guys good for? You know, <laughs> other yeah, than I mean, having the most awesome guns of all time, of course. I think the actual soldiers definitely have a lot more experience. But when it came to what's his name, Gorman? Uh, yeah, Gorman, and they ask him like how many missions he's been on. He's like thirty-seven yeah. simulated and two real yes. ones, including this one. Amazing. <laughs> it's like I feel like that's just like we were saying in a Minority Report, report where it's like these are not yeah. the most trained guys, and that really, uh, you know, go works against them. Um, you know, when they get into the real dangerous stuff, you know, they're not prepared at all. Nope. Um, Nope. Yeah. The only other thing I had is Ripley's questionable judgment in this movie, just in terms of I don't think I would ever if I I could see Earth, I really don't think I would leave to protect it. I think I might just pop right back down there, live out my days and let them all deal with the alien. Uh, That is always really funny to me that she's right there. And then they're like, but go on this mission. And she's like, I guess I will. Yeah. that's real tough for me too (laughs) right right because because he he also says too that like burke's like you'll only be from an advisory position which to me in my head when i hear that it's like i'm not gonna set foot on the ground like i'm gonna be on the ship the entire time that's right and and i'll and i'll watch you guys do it um but like no she is like fully with the soldiers like you know what i mean and it's like that's where i'm like oh so he basically just lied to her or or, or she like you said in her bad decision making is like i want to be more involved uh, right <laughs> which i'm with you i would be like i don't care what job you're going to give me like i'll be happy to just work cargo or whatever yep. they said she was doing at the time <laughs> seriously yeah nice and easy i will fulfill my responsibilities but i'm absolutely not going back either no way no definitely not and then at the end rip Ripley has a truce with the queen. They make eye contact. She fires off the flamethrower, aims it at an egg, and is like, do you know what's going on here? And the xenomorph's like, I do. Or I guess the queen is like, I do. And then she looks at the aliens and she's like, y'all step back. Let these fools get out of here. And then Ripley totally goes back on the agreement 
basically ensuring that the queen would chase them out. Mm -hmm. I fully believe that if she just took Newt and peaced out, we'd be like riding off into the sunset, no prob. But I guess, again, this is like Ripley's hardcore mission to make sure that this thing is dead. She's got to kill it. Because they were going to blow up the planet anyway, right? That's what I thought. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure it was already sealed, girl, but it's in her head. You know, it really is. Right. Because because that was the, like one of the first things she says to Burke, too, is you're not going to try and save any of these things, right? Like, you're going to destroy them. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, of course. But we know. <laughs> of course. Classic. <laughs> we know we know that uh, that's not what's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, let's get into uh, some of, like, the filmmaking uh, stuff and performances. You already talked about James Cameron a little bit. Um, the best. What about, like, in terms of, like, shots? here in the in the auteurism uh what were some of like the the things that stood out to you from uh from him i think my favorite is the one that i consider to be the like tonal set for what's to come which is that like opening shot of them discovering the ship right uh, ripley's on with the smoke that comes after they've lasered the door off and then that beautiful light kind of comes in and illuminates the smoke and it's just such a cool visual exciting thing that i feel like from there on out you never really sit still it's about to pop the fuck off and i just appreciate that it starts at such a highbrow place so even though there's like a million fantastic shots to choose from because there's a lot of really good just really good set pieces in this that shot in particular like makes me think he's also a top tier filmmaker not just an action guy you know what about you it's so funny because like it was it was kind of hard to choose for me. Um, mm. And like th- I have like the one that you said was like the one that stood out to me as well, because like Amazing. that's like that's like the one kind of still one where you could take like a screenshot of that. You know what I mean? And it would still because the rest is so totally. like frenetic and, you know, like like I said, there's like first person point of use POV stuff. Um yep. And, and like there's so much like gunfire and explosions and things happening to where it's like that's that's amazing action filmmaking. It's not necessarily like what I would say, like, is the best shots of the movie. Uh, right. You know, if I had to pick. But that was like one instance, too, that reminded me kind of of the first one when uh, they they first come like get off the mm-hmm. they go into the planet to find the eggs. And it's kind of the similar like the smoke is is like it's like all this fog and stuff and it's like this mysterious like okay we know it's an alien because the movie's called alien but like what's gonna happen you know it's like that same kind of totally fear and atmosphere so i i legit had the same i was gonna like try and think of another one when i saw that you had the same one but i can't i couldn't like that was the, the the same one that really stood out to me as well this is why we do this together because we are <laughs> yeah. such like-minded in, right. in terms of just picking up the details. That's why I love yeah. talking about movies with you too, because we can look at all these details and just, I guess, like celebrate them no matter how old a movie is. It's I my guess, favorite. Yeah. I guess for like the sake of like just being different, I'll say like a close runner up or whatever is when uh, Ripley, like the scene we were just talking about, saves Newt. And it's just like you you see the queen's like, I don't know what you'd call it, like nest of like all of her yes. eggs and like her, you know, just plopping down all of these eggs with the yep. tube, that disgusting tube. And she's like 
kind of fully fully part of the ship as well and it's like this is like her her oh, uh, so her, weird her own area and it's it's like the steampunkness of it and it's like just it's uh that that to me too is like another shot where it's like oh man like if you walked in on that like what the hell would you do no thank you <laughs> like, <laughs> so that's yeah, that's I mean, a pretty gnarly shot too where it's because mm-hmm. that's we've never seen a xenomorph that big before um, no and so she kind of they kind of linger on on that shot i think really long too and um to get the detail of like even like her mouth is different than the other xenomorphs it's like slightly more circular oh, yeah. uh, and bigger and uh so yeah so that's like another yeah, shot like I think jaw- stands out. yeah yeah there's something really cool about how we are introduced to a new kind of alien in this but there are the building blocks of the one we've come to know and we still get to see that but in some way we get to see i guess we get to see what their evolution looks like when there's more than one of them because I think that's also what's so amazing about this is there are like a bunch of xenomorphs we're going to see and we get to see multiple face huggers and we get this queen who has like a jaw that extends and also that hand in there with like what look like monkey's teeth or something. Mm-hmm, Just exactly. again, all those details we know and, and love. That sharp <laughs> yes. tail that she uses as a weapon too at the end. So yep. dope. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i just love the the build because when they feature and finally reveal her it's so much like how when they finally reveal the full alien in the first one so there's like this consistency in the storytelling even though they are such different stories no for sure for sure um yeah what about that's moving on to the to the performances and everything what are uh, some mm. there's a huge cast again, just like the first one of standout actors in this one. Um, yeah, yeah. What were your favorite like performances in this thing? Well, just like we're talking about in each of the categories today, it'll be really hard to pick because, as everyone always remembers, you know, it's Bill Paxton or, of course, Ripley. Right? These are yeah. Ripley's iconic. So every movie, I think she is awesome in, even the ones that aren't so great. But I think for me, it's Lance Hendrickson. Uh, Henriksen. Oh, okay. He, he, I just love him so much as Bishop. I like that he is peppered into number three, which is like, I know everyone hates, but I like. And <laughs> I, I also like that he's there for AVP as well. There's just something kind of cool about how low-key right, the character of Bishop and Waylon have been uh, integrated and he's sort of the low-key lead of this franchise too which is so funny to me because it's an android and it makes so much sense that fastbender then takes his role as an android so seriously well that's the thing too that i like about uh this him him in particular is that it's in a similar way to how cameron switched arnold and t2 uh, from mm-hmm. a villain to a hero, he does the same thing with Lance Hedrickson as kind of the synthetic human or whatever that that he, that he says in, in this. Mm-hmm. Where you know, in the first yep. one, obviously, uh, the the android the betrays them, betrays them, and so Sigourney Weaver very mistrusting. Uh, you know, immediately she she uh she throws away oh, the yeah. cornbread, get away from me <laughs> the first time they meet. <laughs> yep, yeah. Um, and so I, I like that there's like a whole arc between them two um as well, to where by the end, um, you know, Lance and that 
I don't want to step on our favorite kills or whatever, but like at the end, uh, there's it's it's so brutal, and uh, you know you feel you feel for this yeah robot you know this android um which you really shouldn't but like you said lance henriksen plays it with such like kind of so good not emotion but just like this like humanity even though he's behind this like robotic uh yeah, veneer. Just, yeah like he just plays that so well and i think in the research i even found that um there was like some type of like contacts that he wanted to wear during one scene um, I think Whoa. like the mic- the microscope scene where it was like he wanted it to be like, you know, he's kind of zooming in or something like his. So his eye would look different. And uh, Cameron kind of vetoed it after seeing the the take because he was like, you're you're good already. Like, you're just that good already. Yeah, it's cool. You don't need any extra. You're, you're, you're doing all the work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly i thought that was really like that speaks just on how strong his performance was that even cameron was like you're you're doing great bro like just keep doing what you're doing totally totally <laughs> yeah because i think also you know again like the only other person that i always think of is burke you know paul riser coming from tv as like this lovable dude is so such a scumbag and i guess like he's not coming from tv in a literal sense because he was around, he did this movie before he became like a sitcom star. But when I was growing up, I knew him from that. So then to see this movie and be like, oh my God, I can't believe what a, what a scumbag this dude is. I love that about his character in this. I, I have to say he's, I love when somebody who is traditionally plays someone sweet, all of a sudden turns around and plays like a great villain. And he's got kind of had a second life. Um, he's in two of the biggest shows right now, The Stranger Things and Dude, yes. uh, The Boys, uh, yeah. which I'm just like, man, like he just has come back in a big way. Mad um, about working again. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I definitely respect that because, yeah, he was a big thing in the 80s and a lot of that due to this movie. Um, and For oh sure. yeah, one other thing, too, I found in the research about Lance Henriksen, um, I'll, I'll just drop in here is that uh, he was considering yeah. retiring if this movie didn't work out for him. He was like, he like, was like yeah, this is going to be it for me. Like I'm kind of, I'm, I'm not having like caught a, caught a break yet. And then wow. uh, this, this ended up being like the biggest movie of his career. <laughs> so Dude, yes. <laughs> I mean, the kibosh I, on that. <laughs> yeah. I always remember him because he had a show that was on after the X-Files. So I mm. always remembered being like, oh, he's another dude who's super duper famous and thinking when I go back and watch this and love the character Bishop being like, wow, this is so interesting that he is so endearing to me in this movie. And in his show, he kind of played a, an antihero. So there's something amazing just about the juxtaposition of these actors and the characters they play. And again, like a testament to James Cameron for selecting these people for putting positioning these people so appropriately. And I, I think was, didn't I just say hard target? He was the villain in that. I, I'm pretty sure the, Is the that right? Van Damme movie I just saw Han- Henriksen was the villain in that. Yes. He can, he amazing. can do either. He can do either or he's just like, that's right. That good of an actor. I will say, I mean, you picked ones I wasn't expecting, honestly. So that's that's good because this this one nice. I, I have to I have to say either you know Sigourney Weaver or Bill Pax. They get all the best lines, you know, yeah, like game, game over, man, and <laughs> you know get 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 away from her, you bitch. Like they get yes. all, all the best lines, and but even like besides that, it's just like um, 
you know, to see that, you know, machismo kind of break down uh, with uh, Hudson, uh, you know, with Bill Paxton, it's like that. Yep. It can, I can see some people thinking that's annoying, but I think it also just speaks to like just how scary the situation is that there's this trained Marine guy that's just like yes. losing all composure at every yeah. every moment to where Sigourney Weaver kind of has to like slap him around a little bit and be like, hey, do this. <laughs> yeah, Why together. don't you go over here and make yourself useful? <laughs> Uh, yes. and then, you know, Sigourney yeah. Weaver again, kind of like, I, I just, like I said, I love the, her, um, finding Newt and then kind of becoming like this stand in mom, uh, during the whole thing. It, it, it adds like stakes to her. Um, yep. and also like, you know, the final showdown of the end, end between the, the queen bee and her, uh, is just so iconic. Yes, so it's, yes. I think it's tough. To, it's tough to beat those two, but I'm glad you you brought up the two. Those are probably the two supporting roles that I would say um, are are the strongest behind them for sure. Yeah. yeah, and to your point about Paxton, you know, the needing to break down that machismo, I think, is really important in these uh, movies. Just like not believing women is an important thing to remember. We we have to do differently is that like the machismo doesn't work in the future just like it doesn't work now not believing women doesn't work in the future just like it doesn't work now and so there's something kind of nice about there being room for each area where the patriarchy affects men and women differently to to for them to show the true colors of that yeah and i do love that like vasquez uh like speaking of the machismo, like, and then we're talking Dude, about how yes. toxic it is. I do love yes. that Vasquez is just like this badass female character that like Fully. not all of the guys are trying to like have sex with at every turn. You know what I mean? And like that she's totally. just treated as like an equal. Yeah. Even like more of a protector. Yeah. yeah they, like they like, even look up to her. Mm-hmm. She's more badass than like Hudson is like throughout the movie. You know what I mean? Like she's. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I did have to just shout her out, too, because, yeah, absolutely. Great character. Totally, totally. Yeah. What about stunts? You know, to talk about get closer to our our flagship categories here. What stunt really stuck out to you or what's the one you always think of when you remember this movie? I mean, there's uh, so many stunts in this one because it's like I said, it's more action. So, of course, you know, all of the 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 spaceship scenes are cool. Um, I love like. I love uh, Sigourney Weaver and Newt fighting off the face huggers in the, oh, in yeah. the room. It's pretty cool. But I I have to go with the like we were talking about the iconic one at the end, the the crane, yeah, crane showdown because it's like they set up at the beginning like how they work, which I forgot about. Like they it kind of makes an appearance right. at the beginning and like moving it and then Chekhov's uh, crane. Yeah, and then uh, Sigourney being like, you know, I kind of feel like a fifth wheel around here. Is there something I can do? And then showing them that she can drive one of those things. Uh, Hell and then at yeah! The end, you know, you you have to have the villain come back one more time uh, so that you can kill <laughs> kill him off. And so, uh, she, you know, she, that's the one the thing that she she can get into. Uh, and the machine is almost like an extension of herself, which is again like a futuristic thing that we talked about in Minority Report. Uh, which totally. is like very realistic and uh you know it's it can it can feel like a little slow at times but i'm like you know because of how slow moving it is but uh That's okay. I just, yeah it's it's fine it's like it's it's still really cool and uh you know i like how that's that's how she, she finally takes it off uh you know the the queen she has to 
just uh Gotta which be equal. in like every movie but like you know like she she sucks it up uh, into space and uh that's the end of that exactly i mean at the end of the day space is more powerful and deadly than humans or aliens and mm. that's the one thing is that like they're battling for a resource that like the second either one of them goes outside they lose so it is kind of fun now like that's the ultimate thing is that like as long as you don't get shot out there you're gonna be okay and I do love how hard she's like, oh, as she climbs back oh, up yeah. after that's, opening the that shoot. Scream, that scream she lets out when the, the mm-hmm. machine falls into the shoot, too. I was like, damn, that's some Scream Queen material right there. Like, that was a hell yes. Big scream. And uh, yeah, they already did kind of the explosion uh, of the base camp already, too. So I kind of was like glad that, you know, it's not they didn't do the same exact thing and blow up the alien again. You know, it, that that it is like a more like epic kill i guess but it's like you know like you said space the ultimate win uh by by just being like you can just float out in there and uh no one's gonna save you (laughs) nope so exactly yeah Yeah. Uh, what about you though what was your favorite stunt I mean, I think my favorite stunt, especially this time around when I was really trying to pay attention, is when the other ship that's at the other side of the base that they've walked through is supposed to be flying towards them. And one of the aliens sneaks on and kills Mm. the pilot. That stunt is amazing because it manages to get like the blood in there of her getting attacked inside the ship and the amazing explosion of blood that's there. But then it also mixes in miniatures so that they can move the ship and crash it into shit and blow it up and then also the projection screens as the cast moves like through the space and away from it yeah Yeah. perfectly pyro like blows out right when the uh right when the projection is matching it like it's just so seamlessly tied together in 1986 it's so incredibly impressive and i had to watch it several times because i was like oh my god i can't believe that many things have been layered here and it, it works so well Better than some of the CG that, sadly, my poor boy, David Fincher, is going to lean on too heavily. Yeah, and I mean, we used to <laughs> see that in like the the first Terminator uh, at the the opening scenes where it's like the yes. future and, and they're kind of fighting. That always is like what stands out to me is like, man, this futuristic war scene is like really looks really good for, mm-hmm. you know, early 80s whenever Terminator came out. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Another th- the other thing I like about that scene too, which I almost forgot to say, was like just how, you know, when sh- you you know the aliens there because the guy likes, you know, he he feels the slime or he's like, what's this? And she's like, hurry up, hurry up! And you're like, oh shit, it's about to go down. And then when she turns around and you see just the close up of the alien face, and it's like frothing at the mouth they make the aliens look so angry like yeah, in they this. Do. like even though they have like no eyes it's like you know well, I mean, anytime like, you're close to an alien it's like now. they just want to kill you <laughs> like yeah. they want nothing but to just fucking kill you it, well, they kind of show them that they become a pack animal slash a cult, um, slash a community pretty quickly under a queen. And they liken them to, you know, ants and bees and such. And bees are so much more aggressive when the queen is in 
the nest. Danger, so like yeah. when people, yeah, when people do, uh, you know, make their own little beehives or whatever and make their own honey, they always remove the queen because it's way too dangerous for her to still be there. So there's something kind of interesting just about bringing that into this. And, you know, they're so similar to humans in so many ways that like, of course, they'd be territorial. Of course, they would coordinate and collaborate a way to protect themselves. And yeah, watching them do that in this shows that as a pack, they feel much more emboldened. Mm. Really cool. Yeah, good point. Uh, yeah, so what about kills, right? Like, obviously, there are a shit ton of them here to go <laughs> around. Um, yeah. are, which one really sticks out to you? Or what's the one you're like looking forward to when you rewatch? Um, I love, I mean, there's like a lot of honorable mentions. I'll just say, I like when, uh, the one guy gets like the acid on his face. Um, I forgot the guy's name, but then like they have to leave him behind. But, uh, private Drake, he, uh, yeah, he gets the acid on the face once he, he shoots the, yes. the alien or whatever. Um, and I also like, uh, Vasquez and Gorman and their like sacrifice, to kind of save yes. everybody but i think i have to like i already kind of tease it a little bit i think i have to go with lance Hedrick, hendrickson um mm -hmm. you know and like just because it, it just throws it's so surprising and it's like like i said like it's like the you think it's the completion of that arc of like you know she finally trusts uh synthetics now and they're gonna you know be happy and, and go off in the sunset and then boom sharp tail through his chest and the milk like the white milk blood that he like spits up is so disgusting. Like he throws up so much of it. I'm almost like curious to like how they got, it's like, they must've like, he must've filled up his mouth with like so much milk because it's like, it's just, just spewing out, like spewing out really gross. And so uh, seriously, that, that death. And then on top of that, that would have been just enough right there. She, fucking splits him in half uh, yeah so yeah he like flies such, apart it's such a brutal and upsetting death um and although they kind of like like you said he's in three and like you know she kind of saves him like they, that's that to me is still like the one that oof gets me every time uh yes but yeah yeah, but yeah what about you I'm I mean, that one is such a good one because it is the most emotional of the deaths up until, or I guess like overall. Some of the other deaths are more emotional, like, you know, Vasquez and the captain, he stays back with her because she's really made sure everybody could go forward right. and they die It's together. like a nice little redemption arc too in that scene because he was kind of a newbie and, you know... He yeah, who up. didn't really trust. Yeah, he's actually like the avatar for being like, sorry, Ripley, I really should have taken yes. you seriously and trusted yep. your expertise. And I will go down with the ship because of that. So I think that's my favorite kill because it's like a kill on their own terms, which is very rare in a movie like this. So there's something kind of cool about that. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's a good one. Like I said, that was like one of my one of my favorites as well. And uh, I know we're almost running out of time here. So I'll go through some of these special features real quick. Um, yes. Just got a couple here. This one won two Oscars for best visual effects and sound effects editing, which I think deserving on both counts, uh, which it's rare for these action films to kind of come out with Oscars. But like, um, you know, I hope Top Gun can can come through with some. 
Uh, and uh, yeah, in terms of the 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 best shots the, the action movies have is in these categories of the effects and even the sound effects too. I think that's a good call because the alien screams when they die. Yes, I can just hear that. I can hear. I I know that sound, uh, and it's like. Yeah, it's like it's another like angry kind of banshee yell whenever they they die, and so um yeah the the effects the queen the, too, and the sound effects of the bullets too is just is just different enough to sound like futuristic. So I love all that. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, the foley, the foley of all of it is so as detail oriented as everything else, and that's why it was deserving of Oscar nominations. You know, it and yeah. winning them too. Like that's pretty badass for sure. Yep. And then uh, let's see, we got most films like uh, like most films. This, sh- this movie wasn't shot in sequence, but um, for added realism, James Cameron filmed the scene where we first meet uh, the Marines uh, last because he wanted oh. the camaraderie between them to be like, you know, familiar. And they had spent months of shooting together. So that's why it seems like they know each other already when we first meet. Oh, that's so smart. Yeah. And it it really does show, you know what I mean? It's, it seems like even though they're waking up from the sleep, like they're all like fucking with each other and have this kind of like friendship, um, that, that really comes across. So I thought that was like a, a good call. Totally. Something that was in our minority report episode that, uh, is also in this, um, the 15 minute countdown at the end of the film is actually 15 minutes. Uh, I'm starting to think Let's that that's, go. Just, that's just the way to go. If you're going to if you're going to have a countdown in a movie, make sure it's the right time. Yeah, um, why not? Why not? Yeah, because it, it I don't know, it feels more realistic, too. Um, and that goes for the uh, the special edition and the standard edition, too. Um, According to Bill Paxton, he improvised many of his lines, including the famous game over, man, game over. Um, of course. The, the other one, we're on an express elevator to hell going down, was probably improvised as well as it is not in the shooting script. Classic Paxton. <laughs> Stop your grinning and drop your linen. Uh, you know, all those all those so lines good. are just on rewatch or uh, all his lines. You can just. Uh, yeah. And then uh, the last one I have, uh, none of the models of the Narcissus or the Nostromo shuttle from Alien could be found. Uh-huh. So the set designers and model makers had to do it from watching uh, from the models of the ship and the interior set and from watching Alien, <laughs> which I thought wow. was really, really impressive that they uh they did that um because i so impressive yeah same same i would have thought the i would have absolutely gone on thinking oh yeah just just take it from the last film but leave it to cameron to make sure that the details are so good i couldn't even tell and that's all i got that's it awesome awesome all right well that wraps it up for us let's get the plugs in get out of here remind the people where they can find you yeah, you can follow the show at Action Movie Buffs on Instagram. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Rampage underscore Misfit and at my movie pages at Misfit underscore Minded on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Shani B Movies. And if you came late to this live show, you can find the pod this Friday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you're watching Only Murders in the Building this season, tomorrow night on Stream Queens, I'll be talking about episode five. So thanks again. Thank you, man, as always. And uh, thanks for listening. Hopefully we'll catch you next time on Movie Buffs. Mm-hmm.